Welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging your success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Berry and Joshua Wenner. Welcome back to part two of Courageously Uncomfortable. When you start to hit those uncomfortable blocks, the being gentle with yourself and, and then to feeling it is, is not always, uh, I guess, first gut instinct in, in where to move and, and how to move through, especially with maybe type A people. That, you know, almost the example that you gave before says like, well, I, I'm just going to like trudge my way through it. When it starts to get uncomfortable, it's like, okay, how do you allow yourself to really feel and move through that uncomfortability? Maybe, maybe even in a direct, different direction, right? Totally. I think that's the, that's what becomes the practice. That's what's uncomfortable. That's that's a, another example of courageously uncomfortable. Do I have the courage to, when I feel like avoiding, do I have the courage to observe that I'm avoiding and step into that feeling and just to feel whatever's there? And, and I'm finding we've never really been taught to deal with a lot of this, but I feel like it's really that's the heart medicine. You know, the heart medicine is our, our own heart. So anybody who's listening, your heart will set you free. All the answers you seek are already within you. It's just it's just developing a relationship with feeling, uh, feeling the self and feeling and learning to follow that trust that flow. And a lot of times we have to make mistakes. You know, I find I still make a lot of mistakes learning like, oh, that's my flow. <laughs> I, and, I, you know, I don't know your experience, Scott. Is there do you find the same thing? It's kind of like you find your flow and you find it and then you learn like, oh, that was my mm-hmm. flow and that wasn't my yeah. flow. I, and I realize sometimes I don't I actually don't have that cognition or that recognition until you know after i've already started it until i've actually jumped in the water and then all of a sudden the clarity you know starts to come in well i i think that's another really good point i'm glad you brought it up that's the challenge is a lot of times what happens is we grow and then from the new point that we have we look back and see where we were and then a lot of people i see this with perfectionists uh and i've, I've had some of this myself is that tend to beat themselves up um, for what they didn't know. Like I, I have a, a friend who's been creating films and he keeps beating himself up and never finishing a project because he keeps advancing and then he beats up where he was. And then he beats up. Where, so it's like he's the never ending chase your tail type of thing. Um, but I think you bring up a good point. It's like, how do we keep growing? It's a back to the, the, the same four levels of conscious, unconscious, to, you know, conscious, that whole levels. I think that's that same thing. Like you went from unconscious, unconscious to conscious, uh, unconscious, conscious. And you're like, oh, that's where I was. Uh, or that you know that 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 perspective, and I I think it's so powerful for people to to really just you know again this is uh, our whole focus on this one is courageously uncomfortable. How do we live courageously uncomfortable, and in really to to, to live and a I different think it's level just of starting to be comfortable with the uncomfortability, and I think if anybody out there can really start to sit into that and and make that as one of their themes that they have in life to just to be okay with the uncomfortableness. I mean, that alone will set your life on a whole new level. That alone will just really release so much from you and, you know, the, the amount of weight that will be lifted because there will always be uncomfortableness and, you know, things are always going to come up, especially if you're looking to move into a world of, of fulfillment. And, you know, as we move into 2018, uh, you know, I have to reflect this back to you, Josh. I know we've had this conversation before, but, you know, one of the number one fears, as you know, that everyone has is, is public speaking and putting themselves out there. 
afraid of rejection, afraid of how they look. And, you know, part of my intention is putting my voice out there, putting my face out there and to be a little bit more vocal of what I have to offer. And, you know, I, I, I'd love to really tie this whole courageously uncomfortability back to you because you did something that I found super inspiring is you decided to kind of put yourself out front and center on the Facebook every single day, uh, doing a Facebook live with, you know, no, no edits, no retakes, none of that. And I'd love to just take a few minutes and get your perspective on that because, you know, just through my own process, even thinking about, okay, God, if I was even in his shoes or to do something like that, uh, I start to freeze and I, and I, and I can feel like one talk about feeling, I can feel that as I'm sure, you know, many of the people who are listening right now, you know, have a fear of, you know, getting up and doing a toast or talking with someone or giving a speech to their colleagues or whatever it happens to be. This is a pretty big one. And I know that uh, even though you do have you know, other public speaking uh, experience that it was still really uncomfortable for you. And I'd I'd love to know if you can share some of what your process and how you kind of broke through some of that, um, you know, being courageously uncomfortable. Yeah, um, sure. I'd love to share. It's been a, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, Super uncomfortable, (laughs) highly vulnerably uncomfortable experience. And uh, interesting enough, I, I did my first video about a year, a little over a year ago, and I had a I had a friend reach out, and it's so funny that you talk about even like uh, I don't know if you if you did it on this or when we were talking before of like other people's perspectives. I did a podcast, and I had this. It was funny. I had a crystal in the background, and you know, like even picking like what's the background, all these different pieces, and uh, I did the first one, and I, I had a buddy call me about a week later, and he was one of those guys that was like, you know really, you're one of those guys, you know, and that was my fear that I would, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be enough or I'd come off the wrong way or whatever my vulnerabilities were of how I would be received. I'd be judged. And then I was judged by one of my closest friends and, uh, who I'd, 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 I've been really close with and I could just feel it. And I, I, I stood up to him and was like, you know, and I, whatever it was, but I could just, it still deflated me. I let it, I, I take responsibility. I let it deflate me. And I just, went went silent and I would do one every once in a while, but I would like map it out. I would rehearse it. I would write it all out on paper and I would look at it as I was doing it. So I was like following a script more or less because my background with Tony was I did a lot of speaking. I've done like, you know, close to a thousand presentations, but it was all scripted. So I feel like those are my training wheels, but speaking vulnerably uh, from the heart was really been uncomfortable. And uh, I had a friend who we both are, are mutual friends with Katerina who, you know, they say, once you just, you know, they say you light yourself on fire and people come to watch you burn. And here's a woman who's been adversely reading content for years, uh, you know, consuming. She consumes like two, three books a week um, and it t- tons of courses like Scott and I are. Um, but here is a woman who just decided what she was going to do and just went all in. And I think she's at 500 videos now or over 500. But I watched her doing it and I watched her transformation online and I watched her build an audience and a very successful business. And so she inspired me because she was making more money than I was making in doing this corporate stuff. And my passion was personal development. So it's funny. The reason I'm saying this is she had to have the courage to put herself out there and not care what other people thought, if you will, and focus on those one. And one of the people that uh, that affected was me greatly because her living her dharma, her living her light inspired me to step up more. 
And I was like, man, why aren't I putting myself out there? I've been studying this stuff for years. So she challenged me. I went to one of her courses and she challenged me to do a 30 day challenge and I didn't do it. <laughs> I still didn't do it. I was like, Oh, 30 days. Like I might be able to do like one a week. And I did a couple videos, which gave me a couple more. And I, I did get a little bit of feedback from it. And then we were talking at some point later and I, I think, I don't know what it was, but I think something in me, it's kind of like what we were saying earlier. I just was feeling like, I think just a part of me just started focusing like who's, Oh no, here's what happened. She, she said to me, she said, cause I do a lot of work around grief. I do a lot of work or, I mean, I, I built this whole retreat. I do all this stuff. And she's like, it's not fair of you. Like it's like you're hurting other people. I forget the context that she used it, but that statement, however she said it, I realized that my fear of how I looked to those group of friends and anybody else who may judge me, that fear was letting me override the person who really needed the stuff that I had. You're doing the people who could benefit from it an incredible disservice by not allowing your gifts to touch them. That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm disserving them. So I was putting more focus on the people who were the haters, who were the judges, and what they thought of me than I was on 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 the people who really needed the content and i mean i've had so many deaths what 30 something deaths i've had like so i have so much background in it this documentary for and i have all this research and here i can be helping people um that really need it in times that are really important and we don't know about this and here i was hold you know uh giving that away to a hater and something just clicked and i was like you know what uh i'm gonna go all in i will say too part of it was I'd started doing my own retreats and a lot of the work was heart work and vulnerability work. And so part of it was what I just shared a minute ago, that concept of, oh, anything judged is actually somebody protecting their heart. So what it did is it gave me like, I think it gave me permission to know that anybody that was judging me, it it had nothing to do with me. I was just being radically vulnerable. And so it's going to make them feel really uncomfortable with their vulnerability part of themselves. So that gave me the compassion to go, okay, well, I'm going to just put myself out there I'm going to surrender. I'm going to do 30 days. And it, it, the first day I kind of felt the emotion and shared, but to do it every day and I missed a couple days. I didn't do it every day consistently for 30, but again, progress, not perfection. And, and, uh, I started doing it, but I got to say it was definitely, uh, after like the first day or two, I had, I had the momentum, you know, I was like, okay, I got this and I got this and I got this and people responding and commenting and I got some good momentum. And then after like the first four days, I don't know what to say. And I literally had to just start to surrender and trust and be like, okay, what am I feeling today? What's coming up today? And I would just turn on the camera, pick a topic and go. And it was, I remember there was one video where literally I was like, oh, I have these cats. And I did a video about the cats and I was so uncomfortable. I got done and uh, Katerina, I was like, I got to delete it. I got to delete it. It's so like, I just thought it was, I was really judging myself. And she's like, she's like, just wait. And she actually was very, uh, very empathetic with me and said, you know what? I did the same thing. I've been in your shoes. And some of the videos that I wanted to delete really touch people. She's like, just just wait. <laughs> She's like, leave it there. Trust, surrender, have faith. Like, we're perfectly imperfect and kind of reminded me of my own advice, if you will. And and that people are now in a place where they're craving, they're craving authenticity. They're craving vulnerability. They're craving realness. And we've been we've been sold uh, we've been sold a fucking lie that life is supposed to be perfect. And, and so everybody's trying to act perfect on social media and advertisements and all these things when really all of us have imperfection, all of us have dysfunction. So the irony is in being radically transparent with our imperfections and the more we're okay with those vulnerable parts of ourselves that we usually don't share, people feel a sense of connection. 
they actually feel a sense of like, oh, they're like me. Um, they're not perfect. Like uh, they don't make me feel less than for being perfect, if you will. They're not perfect like I'm not perfect. And so there's actually a, a freeness there. So my experience was after I did, I don't know if it was 20 days or 25 days, what started to shift for me and what really changed it. At first, it was just the challenge and to focus on them. But then the people, the the interesting thing was the people that would respond to me or to reach out um, and really let me know it made a difference. They may, be, they may be people that I met along my path, but I didn't. I didn't really know that well, if that makes sense. So it's kind of people I didn't expect or I wouldn't have thought um, that started reaching out. And, uh, you know, just uh, story after story, I realized like, oh, it matters to them. So to tie it all in, after 20-some days, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to stop. It may not be every single day, but this is going to be a part of who I am. And now I'm doing – just started doing them on Instagram. And I got to say, it's still uncomfortable every time. Every time I pull up the camera – I feel something. I don't know what I'm going to say. Sometimes I go on rants and it's high energy and it all sounds amazing. Um, and I get no, no love, <laughs> right? Other times I feel like it was, everything was backwards. It sucked. It was horrible. I feel judgmental and it touches people deeply and it spreads. It's like, so what I'm learning is literally just to trust, have faith, surrender, um, kind of get out of the way of myself, if you will. And just feel like really start to feel like what's going to serve others. And as my day goes on. So if I have a, a coaching call with the client, if I have an insight at the gym, if and I really am allowing it to be my emotion, my feeling. So I let whatever emotion I'm feeling, I'm like, I'm feeling this. And then I just ask, like, what is this feeling? And I'm like, oh, it's this. And I'll write a sentence and then I push start. And like, that's where I'm getting to the point of it. I just literally push it and it's I just let it all go. Um, and I got to say, to tie it back to public speaking, uh, and the irony is some of the guys that I was uh, worried about judging, I still haven't heard from them and, and I'm okay with that, right? Like I'm okay that they may, they may not resonate with my message and they may not, they may really trigger them and they may choose to not be close with me because of it. And I have to choose to want to be me and want to love me more than wanting other people's approval. And, uh, so to me, it's just a big step. It was a huge freeing, liberating step to finally not care if you will. You know, like, ah, I'm going to be the most vibrant, authentic, radical form of me with all my good and my bad and not from a place of uh, ego, right? Not like a, a ego place, but I think like just radically authentic, meaning I don't get all dressed up in suits every time I do it. I literally do whatever I'm doing. I just go when the emotion's there. So I allow myself that freedom to just go in the emotion versus how I look, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm curious – on what your thought process is, because how, how I see it, that initial, you know, and I think when you shared the story of one of your, you know, older friends and, you know, really good friends that you had had a lot of history with and, and, and emotional ties with before had given you that feedback, it stung. And I think that's one of the biggest fears that, that people have is, you know, how are we going to look? How is it going to be received? And, and, you know, those little inklings, um, of those fears and stories that we tell ourselves to see those validations come up, it hurts. Um, and I'm wondering what you think of this because what I feel is whenever you're going to step through something bigger than yourself and you're going to step into a higher part of yourself, that there's going to be uncomfortability. So there's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, it's going to take some you know, some fortitude to being courageously uncomfortable and that I almost feel that in order for you to 
kind of move past that, that as you're stepping more into your own, you know, legacy work, your own passionate passion work, that there are going to be these areas that are going to challenge you so you stay on your course. And so I think part of what his role in your life was, was for you to ultimately kind of like get back in into that zone and, and to, you know, kind of like really reframe. Now, obviously, he wasn't a trigger right then and there. Like he actually kind of like pulled you apart. But I also think that there's almost this expectation of, Look, we're going to be super challenged and to almost expect some of this. And I think his role in your life was to also allow yourself to love you and your path, regardless of what other people think. You know what I mean? And, and I think that made you more vested in that, um, you know, kind of in that strive, if you will. Totally agree. I feel like that's, I'm so grateful. Uh, that's the irony is I'm so grateful because not only that, but now I, I get it. I have so much compassion for anybody else and what they're going through. I can be there with them, right? I can be there with them because I know what they're up against and I know how long I, I let that affect me. Um, and even wanting to be accepted in peer groups. And it's just interesting. Like now that I'm finding the more I, I really love myself, uh, the more I just, it's like, uh, what's the way to put it? I'm, I'm learning to honor me instead of try to prove to everybody why I'm enough that makes sense so it's a different frame it's like instead of trying to it's not a fighting frame either it's a really gentle embracing but i'm part of courageous living i'm finding is if somebody were to do something that in the past i would have felt stupid or whatever they would have they would have done now i'll speak out for it like for example i had a similar group of friends who would kind of make fun of me because i'm kind of this the serious guy if you will and I feel like they would kind of make fun of me and, and whatever they would do. And I wouldn't know how to be with it. I wouldn't know how to like, but I wouldn't feel good. It just wouldn't feel good. It kind of like feel like it takes my energy and they'd all laugh. And there's, and guys pick on guys, but there's a way to do it when it like builds you up. Or even like if you joke with somebody and it's really loving, I've been around some guys where they do it and I laugh and it's hysterical and I'm part of the crew. I've been around other guys where I just feel like stupid, you know? And this was the environment that I was in. And, and I just was like, man, how do I get out of it? And I got resentful. And so when I went through this big shift, I actually called these guys and said, hey, uh, I just want to let you know, I want to apologize to you. I'm not going to do this again. I haven't I haven't spoke up. You haven't been able to trust me because I haven't I haven't spoke up for how I feel. And and I want to apologize to you and let you know it's never going to happen again. So it was very much like me carving my way in the sand to not anything they did, but to honor myself and to let them know, like, I haven't been honoring me so I could see why you didn't trust me. Um, because I haven't stepped up. I've been playing small. And and now even in my head, like what I would hear is like, you know, there's only two, like two things. One, if you're putting somebody down, it's like this. If somebody's in a wheelchair and you're picking on them and they're, they don't have legs and you're making fun of them not having legs, you're just an asshole, right? Or if you're putting some, right, there's two things I look at it. Or if you're putting them down um, and they're in a wheelchair and you're not trying to do it, you feel so bad about yourself that you need to try to pick on somebody else to make yourself feel better about yourself. So there's like, like to me, you'll either build somebody up or you're going to try to do one of those two things. So to me, I'm just clear on it. I just never spoke up and I was disserving them and I would become the focus of it and I wouldn't see it. But instead of calling it out and being radically authentic and not caring whether they thought or whether they liked me or whether they didn't, I would em em embody that. And so now it's like, 
I'm okay to be with that. I'm okay if somebody does something to call it out, to be radically authentic, like, right, really, man? <laughs> you know? Uh, and I think that's a, uh, so I, then again, I think this topic of radically becoming radically courageously uncomfortable is how do we follow our heart no matter what's showing up? How do we honor ourselves and protect ourselves? And just to what you said earlier, if it's our higher self guiding us on a mission, how do we honor that mission versus letting other people's opinions of us, which is going to, sh- they're going to get it. We're going to get a lot of judgment. We're going to get the people who we wanted their acknowledgement and they're the ones that judge us and it's going to happen. So how do we, and they're, I like how you said it. They're just a test. They're a test to see if do you have the faith and trust in yourself or, or they're almost pushing you towards it to break through. It stems from self-love the self-love for yourself and and the self-love to honor your own path. And, you know, whenever somebody comes up and there's judgment about something that you're doing and it hits you, it's because of self-love. Because if you were up there and you said, and you love to snowboard, and you're like, oh, I just went snowboarding. Oh, and I just had the most amazing day. And, you know, somebody pinged you back and said, you love that thing called snowboarding? And you're, you were so dedicated toward it, you wouldn't care what they thought. You know, like if you were so vested in it and you were just so like on top of it, you'd be like, ah, oh, that doesn't phase me at all. But those reflections hit down some of our own internal doubts about ourselves. And, you know, he was a great teacher in that way for you to not only love yourself, but also love, you know, the path of what you're doing, because there's... I think when people really start to get on the path of working into their legacy work and doing their purposeful work, you almost have to expect that people are going to challenge you. I think if you don't have that, then I don't think you're really putting yourself out there that much, right? Just like if you're not getting yourself too uncomfortable, you're not stretching yourself and you're really not growing that much. So when you do come across these people and these things and where I've seen this so much and I'm actually working with two clients on this right now is when those other people are family and that one's really tough because for you know for friends you can say okay look 95% of the people that come into your life over a given lifespan are not meant to be in your life forever they're going to come and go and and you know hopefully you you grow from those relationships but not always and so you know if you have friends that aren't necessarily supporting your highest or where you're going then you can just love it acknowledge it and say okay you know that was my time with that relationship it may come around again but you know I'm going to lovingly just move on from it now with family it's a whole different ball game and when you go back to that episode that we mentioned earlier about decisions you know when is the time to you know divorce these other people that aren't necessarily serving you now you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater the first you know kind of negative thing or challenging thing that comes that's there to help you grow but at what point do you want to make sure that your environment is sufficient enough to keep you going onto that path but it, it's it's really tough when i've seen it with family members um, because that seems to be the most challenging because there's so much history of who you used to be. And the more that you grow and the more that you're expanding yourself or moving into new light or new directions, old friend groups, old paradigms, old family, they don't understand that. And it's not because they're bad people. They, they're just like, well, well, the Josh, I know this is, this is the mold that they fit and going someplace else. It, I, I, I don't understand that. 
And so you're going to come across quite a bit of that. And I think if you start to move forward into this world, almost with the expectation that, oh yeah, it's going to come through, that when it does come up, and because you've already kind of gone through this mental process beforehand, before you're actually in a triggered state, you can see it, you can acknowledge it, and you can feel into it without having to be super reactive about it. Yeah, I agree. And I I also think, um, I know a man who uh, did some deep forgiveness work after, this was even before I did the retreats, and um, he hadn't talked to his dad in 16 years and his brother in 14 years. And his dad, it was just reaching out, and that was okay, but his brother was really challenging, one of those relationships where he would just start fights each time. And we were having a conversation. And one of the things I asked is, do you want a relationship or do you not? Like, do you want it? And really getting clear of like, do you want him in your life? And what is that worth? And again, he was, what had shifted the families, his mother had died and she was the glue that held everybody together. And after she died, families either usually bond together, or they break apart and their family just totally fell apart. And he's like, you know what? I, 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 I want him in my life. So he made a decision back to a decision at that point that he just wasn't going to play anymore. So what that meant is he wasn't going to be disrespected, but he stopped responding. So he would spend time with his brother and his brother would go into his, you know, bashing routine is what he typically did to, to, to him. And he just wouldn't respond. He wouldn't, he'd act like he didn't hear him. He just wouldn't respond. And then he'd just say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to respond to that. If we want to, if you want to hang out and have a good time and get to know each other, we can, if not, like you're, you could say what you want, but I'm just not like, so he didn't play back, I guess is the point. And what happened is his brother did it for a while. And at some point, because he wasn't playing back, he started to shift. <laughs> so it's almost like the old identity that he was, as he kept trying to like get a response and wasn't getting the same response, at some point he had to change his approach because it wasn't working anymore. And he moved from a place of like anger and kind of fighting and, and, and like picking on him to actually building a relationship and being vulnerable. So he kind of conditioned him where to go. So I, I definitely think it's not every case, right? There's, there's every case is a little bit different, every relationship a little different, but I think there's sometimes, uh, I guess a, a self-reflective question is to ask uh, as a personal level, um, or how, how much do we have involved and how much are we still playing, right? If a relationship's not working, how much are we still engaging in co-creating that? Mm-hmm. And and is there a way that we can guide the relationship? Say, hey, I want a relationship regardless, and I'm just not going to play any of these areas that don't work. Yeah, are we able to to step in a new space? And sometimes it may work, sometimes it may not. Uh, so it's another perspective on it. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then so as we as we close out this whole conversation about being uh, courageously uncomfortable, um, I just have one one last or a couple last questions to ask you. As you were doing those. Uh, Facebook lives and like really putting yourself out there. Did it get easier? Did it ever get to a point where it wasn't uncomfortable or is it still uncomfortable or is it a different type of uncomfortability? Yeah, great point. I I think it's a different type of uncomfortability. I think it's a, it's still uncomfortable. Like if I do one tonight, I might just do one because there was a lot of good juice we got from this. That's kind of what it's become is like when just things are topic or good topics come up, I get inspired and then I go on a rant. And uh, or I share, or I feel my heart, but I, I more now I more feel and think about who could benefit is kind of how it shifted. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, I'm we're talking about something that I'm like, who may be out there that's struggling with this right now and who may need to hear this message. And so that part shifted. I will say also now I'm finally getting engagement, which in the beginning there wasn't I didn't feel like now I'm getting a lot of engagement or if I do a Facebook live, I get a lot of 
of people respond. And it, for me, it could be 10 or 15 or whatever it is. But even that, it, it's like there's a there's the same people that I see again and again. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm building a community, if that makes sense. And so now that I'm starting to build it, I'm starting to feel the same people. And then a big thing that really shifted it for me is I went to an event that I spoke at. And uh, a lot, uh, there's there was 350 people, but a number of them um, happened to watch my Facebook Lives. And I probably had 20 people come up. And I do it for them, too. So I am the I do the personal training for them. And I had, like, 20 of them come up and let, and let me know. And I think that the point is we never knew who we're affecting. You know, like, when we do Facebook Lives, so much of the time, like, not everybody comments, likes, or even sends you a message. But there could be people who are really affected that listen on a regular basis. And you really do touch their lives. But they don't say anything. It's just not how they're wired. So uh, that's really gave me another perspective. Like, wow, no, it's a lot of the people I'd never heard from. I didn't even know who they were. And yet they were telling me that the videos make a difference. I had somebody say that they bookmark online. And uh, I think so, again, I think some of those stories. But I had to withstand it, right? It took 30 days Plus, because not everybody sees your stuff, you know, so you may record 30 videos and that one person may see it once and be like, wow, that was really valuable, you know. So I think that's that's now the new focus. So it's still uncomfortable every time I do it. I still judge myself uh, a little bit. I'm becoming a lot gentler, um, but it's it's hard, man. We tend to we tend to judge ourselves, I think, and uh, notice the imperfections. So I really just try to practice focusing on what worked um, and what what I can continue to do better. Um, each time, and then I accept wherever whatever it is, and I trust it. If that, so it's still uncomfortable uh, to do them because um, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't I don't plan it out. I just kind of feel something, then I turn it on. Um, but now I'm ex- it's it's changed from an uncomfortable like really uncomfortable to like an excitement uncomfortable, um, and um, and also to know that I'm making a difference. I think that's the part that feels the best. Like oh, I feel I finally feel the uh, the couple people that I know I am making a difference, and I know I'm certain if that makes sense. So I can surrender the thought that was uncertain. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story. Cause I know that that definitely helped. That definitely helped me because uh, me and Josh actually had a, a conversation about this the other night and it was, it was, re- it was just a really powerful uh, conversation. And, you know, I know your story is probably going to touch a bunch of people listening to this podcast as well. And I think all in all, you know, above, being able to feel more comfortable on camera and above, you know, being able to reach some people that can have some benefit from what you have to say. I think one of the greatest benefits that that did was, again, flexing that muscle of being uncomfortable moving into your, you know, your legacy work and your passion work, uh, regardless. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the, you know, one of the biggest benefits you can get is moving through fear despite being uncomfortable. You know, the whole, you know, people who are courageous still have fear. We all have fear. It's being courageous is moving forward through that fear despite the uncomfortableness, despite the fear that we're still able to forge through. And I think, you know, that's the muscle, you know, that's the, you know, that's what we're looking to cultivate. And so, you know, I, I love hearing that story from you. And so, you know, again, this whole idea of being courageously uncomfortable, if we can really start to create that muscle, it really starts to open us into a world of fulfillment because, again, growth equals life. You know, growth equals love. And so, 
you know, if anybody out there can take anything away from this is to just, you know, believe in your higher heart and to really step through into that uncomfortability and really surround yourselves with the resources, you know, the people, places, things that can help support that. Uh, thank you uh, for everyone listening, and we look forward to connecting with you on the next podcast. Yeah, if you have any questions for Scott or I or you want any feedback, you can find us at masteringfulfillment.com. Uh, we have our, our contact information on there, or you can just send us a, uh, an email on there as well. Visit us at masteringfulfillment.com for other podcasts such as these. Or if you're looking to take your personal fulfillment to another level, feel free to get in contact with either myself or Joshua Warner.